My wife and I, we had a lot of fun, man, for a long time. But she had this girlfriend that fucked it up. <laughs> With the big titties, you know the type of girlfriend I'm talking about, that I tried to ignore for six months. When she'd come in the house, like, hello there, how you doing? I don't really notice your tits. Oh. I'd like to be the mayor of Tit Town, if I could, okay? I'd like to drive a big truck full of tits down the Tit Turnpike right into the middle of Tit Town. Don't you wish the guy walking in front of us would squeeze our tits for like one second? Not an ass man. I'm a tit man. I like big ass boobs. Now and forever. Not like a black eye, Vita. Give me back the tits! Give me back the tits! Ah! Welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurger. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt's been down in Alabama with his abortion van. Offering discreet services to the unwanted pregnant. Sadly, this is neither a political or activist position for Matt, merely a way to meet loose, dumb southern chicks he can safely bear back. Is that a real thing, an abortion van? <laughs> I don't know, it should be. <laughs> Imagine how much money you can make. I don't understand, like, if you can't have a legal abortion, say Alabama, it's very backwards, let's say you can't get a legal abortion, how is Plan B a back alley with a coat hanger? Like, how do you go from, like, Planned Parenthood, nice sofas, uh, coffee and soda... Uh, to if that doesn't work out, then my ba- other plan is the alley with the coat hanger. I don't know that I buy the coat hanger thing <laughs> yes. because, um, like, granted, I'm not very handy, but I would say compared to your average woman, I'm probably on par with with your average woman in terms of like fixing a sink, yeah. meaning I can't do it. So if I can barely change a doorknob, you're right. telling me I can bend a hanger? <laughs> yes, right. And like somehow extract a fetus. That it seems completely implausible. I feel like you could go. I, I'm, we might do this in a moment. Go on YouTube and say and do a FDY, DIY on abortions, <laughs> and you'd probably get like five or six much easier ways to do it. Wiki how than a coat hanger, like some kind of like Mentos and Diet Coke thing or something. <laughs> it's probably an easier way. Not to mention, by the way, you really can just drive. Well, I guess if you're in the South, you're kind of fucked because there's just not that many pl- close places to get an abortion. I think the sort of the point is that you're poor. Yeah, like yes. if you're rich. Yeah, you can you just go to, I mean, fly to L.A. Dude, we'll hook you up. That's what I, I, I think abortion tourism could be a big thing. Like well, it, no. Because it used to be, but it used to be, right? I mean, it literally used to be like people would fly from wherever they were in states where they didn't have abortion. Before Roe v. Wade, they would like fly to places to get abortions or try, take buses to places well, to get you're, abortions. Well, you're coming off as somewhat out of touch because no, I told you know, the whole point, like, <laughs> it's like when Katrina happened. It's like, why didn't people leave? It's like, oh, I don't know. They didn't own a Yukon, like yeah. You know, but they, you could take a bus, like how I mean, you could take a bus to Tennessee to get an abort, like for three hours to get an abortion, which is I think what people used to, like. If you live in a shitty like Christian town and you couldn't get an abortion, I feel like in the old days, well, either you had the baby and gave it up for adoption, or you took a bus three hours to Aunt So and So's house and got an abortion. Yeah. It was always like everyone knew where the abortions were. Now, granted, if you're really poor, well, if you're really poor, you probably had the babies anyhow. It seems like poor people just have babies. Yes, they, they, do. <laughs> they do. I just, I mean, although I, I read a stat, which was kind of actually just, I, I, I'm actually pro-choice for women who want to have abortions, but it's kind of scary that the, the number of abortions among black women is five times as great as white women, which is just sort of eugenically kind of a little frightening. Right. The, the black women have abortions at a just dramatically higher rate than white women do. 
which just means ultimately, of course, there's far less black children. Well, I wonder country. if that's reported because you I, and I don't even know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. But like, I think Planned Parenthood has to like count stats. Yeah. But if you have means, like, I'm sure that used to be a thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to get my teeth fixed. It's like, well, no, you're not. You know, are oh, you going to get abortion? Like really? a secret abortion? Did people tell you they're getting teeth fixed and they actually got abortions? Well, I'm saying you may, you you know you're having a medical procedure. Did your girlfriend tell you she was going to get a new retainer? <laughs> <laughs> she came back and said, "Don't worry, our problems are solved." You know, the most egregious example of what you're talking about is Missouri is like on the forefront of this anti-abortion thing, but Illinois, being you know a liberal, um, I don't think it's a liberal state, but they have the votes more progressive. So Illinois is like the most abortion-friendly place in the in the country. Oh yeah. So if you're in Missouri, like I kind of get if you're buried in the deep south. Yes. You know that's uh, you're southwest fucked. flight. You're fucked. But if you're in Missouri, all you have to do is go to Illinois. They yeah. border each other. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's I, I consider it the same as having to go to Nevada to, to gamble. Right. Or to sports place a sports bet. You have to go to Vegas to place a sports bet. Yeah. So you also might have to travel like take a, take a three hour drive to go get an abortion. But you lose a sports bet. You're not fucked 10 years later, usually. <laughs> well, you could be worse. You could be worse. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by the Crips Gang. Crips Gang. Forming, they're forming an LLC to take control of Nipsey Hussle's mottos for their own commercial pursuits. Nothing says fly-by-night gangster rip-off organization like an LLC. The Crips Gang. They're not so different than Donald Trump. Uh, so they actually formed Trump's, uh, excuse me, Crips LLC, and they filed for uh, control over Nipsey Hussle's the marathon continues slogan to use in commercial purposes, hmm. which is like just seeing the Crips LLC was kind of funny. I, I, yeah, I didn't know that they kind of got into the commerce area. They claim they're using it for social good for 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 getting, which is very odd. Claim, so Nipsey Hussle's mottos were all used for anti-gang activity, like to get kids out of gangs, right? Which seems very odd for a guy who was in the gang till the day he died and was proud of it. Do we know that? Is that's that... what it, they, they say. I mean, that's what the people say. And then also the fact that the Crips themselves would be trying to get in the anti-gang <laughs> the gang business. So from what I understand, which is little, he was meeting with the LAPD to discuss anti-gang measures. Correct. And so and was that just him trying to, like, you know, uh, cut off the other rival gang? I think, well, they had the whole thing where the Bloods and the Crips called a truce after he died. I'm like, yeah, okay. Drive through South Central, see how see how the truth see how the truth is going. <laughs> Just like the fact that the Crips gang is actually going to use it for to get kids out of the gang. Like you're the gang, and you're going to like it's like like we talked about with the liquor companies doing the don't drink commercials. Right. Yeah, really the same really the same thing. They they might see some cash in it, but they're not trying to get kids out of gangs. Although I'm I, like I said, it's not it's they've become like Trump University LLC. They've kind of they've kind of figured it out. In well, a way, it's kind of it's kind of a nice moment for like. These black gangsters to figure out like white American corporate corporate business. Yeah, but so would this be something? Because I kind of subscribe to like ethical investing. Like I, I personally is that where you put your millions? No, no, no smoke, no smokes, no, no, no guns. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable investing in Lockheed. Um, not like I'm, you know, a, a saint or anything. But I don't think I'd want to get into business. With the Crips? For professional, or monetary, and ethical reasons. Yeah, with the Crips. You don't want to be like their graphic artist? No. Like, like they're, the like, Crips were like, dude, we're going to kill all these people. Like, you'll, you know, like you'll a make little 500 overdue. bucks. You're a little overdue <laughs> on, your, on your deliveries. Yeah, that seems a little rough. Do not forget, forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last month on earth. Thanks to all our new patrons. Gather the shit now before it disappears. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Men Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Men Podcast. All right, on to the show. 
Matt, believe it or not, today we're going to talk about uh, women uh, who are doing uh, stupid things that bother us. Uh, and I want to start with Amy Schumer, because that was something you sent to me this week, which I happily avoided somehow, the Amy Schumer, I've got really fat since I was pregnant, now I'm breast pumping photos of herself. And like trying to look fat. Like, yeah. She is fat, but she, she's she trying got, to look almost fatter than she is. She's heavy. She lost weight for the movies when she was, they were passing her off as a leading lady, which didn't last very long. And then she got heavy again. Then she got pregnant, which is an excuse to get heavier. And, you know, she's, and she's not a, you know, she's 37. She's not a young kid anymore, having her first kid. Um, and so she posts a photo of herself. So I guess here's how, here's how story, celebrity stories work these days. Uh, you're a celebrity. You have like, know, 3 million followers. You post something empowering. And like 10,000 women say, I love you, Amy. You're my hero. I follow everything you do. And then like three people like make snippy comments. Then the celebrity responds to those, those snippy troll comments, and then Yahoo writes an article about how Amy Schumer fought back against a, a tidal wave of like online yeah. trolls and clap back with the perfect clap back. It's this. It's the pattern. It's the template now yes. for every, I guess, woman on social media. It and it could be a baby. I mean, it could be someone called me fat, and I don't have any proof of that. Or, yes. you know, just a, a random, somewhat minimal hardship. Well, any, wo um, any woman who posts a photo of herself who's heavyset in her underwear is going to get some troll comments. From me. From you. From me, too. That's well, just I'm not even trolling, actually. It's just an observation. But if you're, if you're like, if you're like favor, favor to disfavor ratio in, in comments on Twitter is 10,000 to 3, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> like, you're actually doing... Like, if you get, like, 10 to 1 favorable rating on Twitter... That's like beyond the pale in you're terms doing of great. It's the whole thing of you're doing really well in general. You have nothing to complain about. But instead of, you know, saying, you know, I'm actually pretty happy with I think we're doing well politically, the abortion thing, you know, there's some some uh, ground to be covered. But instead of just admitting like, you know, we have it good. Yes. No, you got to be regressive and seek out. Like, make up, you, you got to make up a problem. Well, not only you, you know, not only do we have it, well, she has it really well. Because from what I can tell, she actually doesn't create really good comedy, yet she makes a lot of money as a as a comedian. As a comedian, I mean, I'd say that's subjective, but well, I don't consider her. I don't consider her comedic genius, and she certainly lost her male audience. I would say. Well, even if she is a comedic genius, it's like, which she probably isn't. But let's yeah. just say she is. You still have it good because your talents have been recognized. Correct. And you get press constantly for everything you do. And you can share, for some reason, share, like, you, are you forced to share photos of yourself while you're pregnant and your vomit stuff and other things like that? We talk about this, like, celebrities, I, I don't know if it's, like, intentional or unintentionally, but they act like when they have a child that they're the first person ever to give birth to a, a child in the world. Like, like they, they speak about, it like, it's a miracle of childbirth, like it's, like, the cavewoman of, like, 5,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago. And like they've done some something, and like their body's been wrecked, and nobody understands what's going on. This this amazing thing has happened. And I just imagine like some woman in Nebraska with like five kids going, "Just shut up, just shut up, cunt. <laughs> just yeah. like just shut up." Like it's like this amnesia thing, and I don't even. So certainly she has no reason to complain, but no. I would say uh, middle class to upper middle to rich women, and poor women, by the way, assuming that you know you. We're trying to have a kid. Right. I mean, if it was your prom night and you got drunk, I, I get falling on the sword. But let's be honest. You wanted to have a kid. Is falling on the sword your solution to abortions in Alabama? <laughs> 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 That's like better than a coat hanger. No, I just, it's the whole martyr thing. So there's 350,000 babies born every day. 
in the world. Yes. Um, there have been a hundred, uh, they, they estimate there have been a hundred billion babies born in the history of the world. So it's not a miracle. No. Um, <laughs> well, maybe it may be a, a, a spiritual miracle to you, but having the ability to give birth to a child and to raise a child is not heroic. No. And you decided to do it. So, you know, my, we should actually get my friend on the podcast. She teaches a, uh, a class. She's a mother. She has twin babies. She is divorced, but she leads a happy life because she understands the balance of, you know, the fact that, yeah, it's a little bit rough, but it's not like, um, you know, you're, you're not some kind of, you're not a Joan of Arc or anything. No, just like a trip to Somalia would cure that, cure you of those, of those issues you have. But I think it's, I, I don't know if it's, I, with people like Amy Schumer, I don't know if they actually feel like a victim or like a martyr or they just play that up because that is a way that women in her, in her demographic communicate with one another. Like that is like, you know, it's almost like the, the, the rappers communicate with their fans in a certain way and the basketball players communicate with their fans in a certain way and the alt-right communicates with their fans in a certain way. It's like this like, this like oppressive, like constant, I'm constantly oppressed uh, sort of thing, the way that these women communicate with their fans. It's like a sign of like a tribal allegiance or something. No, I, I, I don't think so. I think that women have become so entitled that they think a, a biological function is some incredible feat. Right. Um, menstrual, menstrual cycle included. So if, like, I've known a lot of pregnant women, and some better than others, but one who I don't want to say the name of, um, I might be related to her. Um, so <laughs> when she was pregnant, uh, she asked me where I wanted to go to dinner. I said, I want to get sushi. Ah, oh, dude. And I forgot. Yeah. And she just sat there looking incredibly fat, by the way. Wow. Um, but just frowning. And uh, it's like, oh, you can't. I'm not supposed to. I'm like, okay, you could have just said pizza. Like, I'm not. Uh, Your family dinner sound amazing, by the way. And then <laughs> she called me to drive her from, you know, she's like, you know, I'm pregnant. I really need help with this. Um so I have to go to the one pregnancy doctor to the other, whatever mm -hmm. the thing is. So she's like, can you drive me? You were like the Seth Rogen in the story. Basically. Yeah. So I did drive her from one uh, doctor's appointment to the other. Here's the catch. They were in the same building. <laughs> so I simply picked her up and drove across the parking lot. Did you? It took me <laughs> half an hour to get there and to get home. Um, You're a good guy, Matt. <laughs> no, I, I, well, is I'm an honest about guy. Amy, is this story about Amy Schumer <laughs> or about you being such a good guy? It's a way... Look, dude, I dated a chick who was quite unpleasant for quite a long time. I dated her for quite a long time. She was unpleasant much of the time. Um, she wasn't pregnant. Imagine if she had the, uh, you know, the... the, the uh, the, if, if the leash was, if she felt that she had the uh, authority to then make demands on top of that, it's already like kind of annoying. So it's like you're, you're going to second guess me. I'm pregnant. So you feel bad for Amy? Would you say you feel bad for Amy Schiffer's husband? Was it her husband or her boyfriend or husband? I guess, uh, poor fella. Uh, like, hey, where's your wife? Uh, she's been taking fat selfies of herself, breast pumping in the other room, complaining, complaining to their fa to her fan base. Yeah, and what are you going to say? She's like, I'm craving pizza, and it's like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes crave pizza too, but the thing is, like, I try and maintain a, you know, I try and stay in shape for my health and vanity to some degree. Mm, and, pizza. you know, the reason we started fucking is because I was attracted to you, I think. Uh, it wasn't because, um, 
you know, I wanted to wipe a baby's ass. So I don't quite, I don't get it, frankly. Well, here's the thing. So she actually went back to, she did stand up again, like three, two or three weeks after she gave birth. And so she, I don't know if she did this intentionally or not, but she knew that she was going to draw ire for this because, A, you're not really supposed to work that fat, long, you know, after you've had birth of any kind, even just stand up comedy, which, you know, isn't obviously that physically rigorous. But you still have to get out and get dressed and stand up and, and fucking go to the club and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's not like she was like cutting logs or like building, you know, building Habitat for Humanity homes on the roof, you know, with her stitches with them bleeding from her vagina. So, but it, you know, you're supposed to take six weeks off or so just to rest because that's a good idea. So she had to just like, was, I think the idea of this was it was not that she need she doesn't need to work for the money obviously. So she went back to make a point that she could do it again that quickly. And then, of course, women, it's always women. I mean, and these, are always, these arguments are always framed as like there's a bunch of men out there who are oppressing women with these comments. Men could give a shit how fast women return to work after pregnancy. It's all women. It was all women writing comments about like, you know, the men were complaining how fat she was. But about the pregnancy-related stuff and going back to work, it was all women because men, A, don't understand how that works. And B, couldn't give a shit. They'd probably get your lazy ass off the couch and get back to work. Right. So it's always women shaming other... It's always women shaming other women. Because men, outside of the Alabama men, I don't think men really shame women as a as a hobby or routine activity. I wouldn't shame anyone just because it's rude. But there must be a point where... A year later, your wife still has the additional forty pounds. Oh, you mean I'm talking about work, sh- like work shaming? Right. Like, no, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about fat shaming. I'm not even talking about Body. shaming. I'm talking about um, you look different than you used to. Like a dude I knew who I did not like at all said, um, "You know, there's nothing more beautiful than a pregnant woman. I've never been more attracted to my wife now that she's carrying our child." And I was like. Um, you're you're either like a failed poet or you're gay. I'm not sure which. Um, like, t- have you seen Tully, directed by Jason Reitman? Yes, I actually like that movie. I did too. I like uh, I like I've liked all of his movies, but there was an element that I found really annoying. There's a scene that was way over the top. She's sitting in the yes. kitchen in the nook. They're poor. Her husband's an ineffectual. You know, like whatever. They don't fuck. Um, he's a dweeb. Um, she gained 50 pounds for the role. Always curious if maybe she just already had the weight on her and took the role, but whatever. Oh, not Charlie Theron, um, man. She's pretty slender. I know. She's hot. Yeah. Uh, not in this movie, though. No. Um, so she's sitting in the nook, and her kid spills milk. And then for some apparent reason, she strips her shirt off, <laughs> and she's all fat and shit. And then one of the kids says, Mommy, what's wrong with your body? Mm-hmm. And so it's The kid like, was body shaming her. The kid was body shaming Yeah. But Those are forced, forced, very forced moments in movies like well, that. Well, I don't think the kid was shaming because that's just an observation. Sure. Like, well, you you know, like, what's up? But I, I just, I, I don't know. I hate that shit, man. I well, you're not, into, you're not into the pregnancy thing in general. I'm not, but I have to deal with a lot of shit that I don't get credit for. I, mm. you know, I, I don't, I never, I, I, I'm not going to go back to the lumber mill, but there's all kinds of fucking things. You're saying men have to deal with their shit and women have to deal with their shit. Yeah, but we don't get any credit for it. Taylor Swift. She was asked. Uh, she's turning 30 years old. I know you track her since she was a child. She's only 30? Yeah. She, well, she's only 29. Oh. She'll always be younger than you, Matt. And uh, she's turning 30 this year. So, of course, women... It's, again, this is always women because men never ask the question. Women from women's, magazines, uh, women's Magazine asked her, are you thinking about having kids soon? Are you going to have kids soon? 
And then she said, she made a big stand and refused to answer the question because she said a man would never be asked that question. That's which, true. Yeah, which is, of course, is... Because a guy wouldn't gain 40 pounds. Well, a guy also can't give birth. So there's one of the... It doesn't, in general, it's recognized that men don't control the reproductive process. So it's not like a man can, like, oh, yes, I'm going to have a baby next month. Like, <laughs> yes, like... <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. I'm... Uh, next month, I have penciled and make a baby... Have a baby. Whereas women basically can have babies anytime they want she to. She could just say, I'm not sure. Next question. You know? Yeah. It's not... Or no, she, no one gives a shit. Yeah, and also, it was... It was uh, it speaks to her. It speaks to her fans. I mean, that's they're interested in that kind of shit. It's not like the person was like, "I'm a super creepy reporter who wants to know about your reproductive system." It's more like, you know, your fans are all female. And they all want to know if you're going to have babies because they're all baby crazy and they you're want getting to, towards baby age when you're 30 and all that stuff. But she actually went with the sexist, not you know, you're a sexist thing. That's a sexist question. Uh, but isn't it really just that men people don't ask men that question because men can't choose to have babies. So men can choose certain things, but they can't like say I'm going to have a baby. So why would you ask a man? Why would you ask a man if he's going to have a baby soon? Like, hey, you're going to have a baby? Like, if he's not married, why right. would, hey, you going to have a baby soon? Yeah, I plan on having lots of unprotected sex with women until uh, one of them agrees to <laughs> stick with the pregnancy, and then we're going to name him Theo. Like, <laughs> like, like what's that's not? It doesn't even like that represents what we're just talking about, like the the male role versus the female role. What women have to put up with, what men have to put up with. Women have to put up with questions about if they're going to have a baby because they make babies. Yeah. And also, by the way, you're female fans who pay, pay your $300 million a year salary or whatever the fuck you make well, and are really interested in this stuff. Yeah, and I, I didn't hear the reporter ask the question, but I'm almost certain by the fact that they were allowed in the room that they weren't like, sir, are you going to have a fucking baby soon? I think no. they were probably like, hey, so are you planning on having a baby? Yeah, they want to know about her They, uh, they want to know about her boyfriend. They want to know if she's going to get married. They want to know if she's going to have a baby. Is that all sexist? Is that all se- technically sexist? Of course it's sexist, because you only ask that question about to women. But it's not just because... Well, it's not sexist. It's, it's gender-specific. Yeah. I mean, but it, it is... Se- I mean, if I was... I guess if I was a chick, I would be upset if people kept asking me if I was going to have a baby all the time because I was turning 30. I could see how that would be annoying. Well, that's what your aunts and your mom will ask you. Yes, that's the thing. It's only other women. Yeah, there's no dude who's going like, "Hey, when are you gonna when are you gonna pop out a when are you gonna pop out a kid? You're turning thirty, you know. Maybe the, the grandfather grandfather to be might be interested in that. But it just seems like that's that that now has become a threshold for a sexist label, a sexist question. You know, my mom said to me when I had a girlfriend, uh, "You know, you guys have been together for a while." Are you going to have a baby? And I said, not if I can help it. Yeah. Did and she ask you if you're going to get married first, though? I don't think she cares. She didn't about care that. about the steps. It wasn't going through the steps. Uh, who knows? She might have floated it, but at that point, she just realized she just wanted a kid. I think she might have understood my. Yeah, she was kind of you know just going for whatever. And I said, uh, no. And she said, you know, that's really selfish. And I was like, interesting. So I'm selfish. Because you want me to do something I don't want to do so that you can have a Christmas card. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the selfish person in this uh, entire conversation? Why don't you produce a child and, and, and sell it to her? <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I mean, I can understand how women get upset when people ask them all the time if they're going to have a kid when they start getting older because of their biological clock. And that's probably a pain in the ass to some degree that, like, you can only have kids for a certain number of years. And when you turn 30, people start looking at you like the, the clock is the clock is ticking. Um, but she could either a say I like you said I intend never to have children, which is probably not true for her for most women, or she could say you know I, first first I'm, I'm waiting until we get married or something like that. It's just anything innocuous, right? As opposed to like 
Well, you would never ask a man that question, therefore, on these grounds, I refuse to answer the question. Yeah, like Bob Woodward isn't following up. Like, so does he come inside you? <laughs> yeah, uh, right, right. What, what are you on the depot? Like, it's none of that shit. And also, she play. This is how she makes her money. She makes her money by selling her not just her music, but selling herself as a female character, as a female character to female fans. And right. female fan. Her what female- is her character, by the way? She's just cute- girl next door. Girl next goody door. Goody two shoes. Goody two shoes. Cutesy boyfriend troubles. Well, in the so in that character. You know, middle America, um, kind of a uh, rat face girl next door. Yes, you're 30, so you're 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 essentially following a narrative. We're pretending you can play guitar, <laughs> right? Which is, I mean, ludicrous. but you're a down home country girl. Um, so yes, that in in the movie, which is your life, yeah, you you probably you've gotten married. The next logical step. Uh, She's in, not married yet, but she has a boyfriend. Oh, okay. But you keep. Uh, Here's the you, people want to have it both ways. You, like you don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to sell your personal life. You don't have to. God, I was reading this story about like uh, Jessica Alba. She started acting when she was 12 years old, and there's all these stories this week because she did some cover story about how she was like hit on when she was like 12 by all these gross guys in Hollywood. I believe it. And how she like became anorexic because she just didn't want to eat because she thought then the men would leave her alone. Don't believe that. Yeah, well, I don't think that was a good plan. But, uh, <laughs> well, some girls overeat or some girls undereat, right? That's, like, that's their defense mechanism for, like, gross guys hitting on them because they think, like, if they're just, you know, whatever, either it's too skinny well, or too it's fat. it's also part of the whole persecution of thing. Of course. Like, what chick eats a normal amount? I don't know. <laughs> nobody. nobody. Well, I don't they either shame eat or they're anorexic. Yeah, I don't that's know. true. I but I was, she was like, what else? And everyone was framed as like, what's a poor like 12-year-old girl to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Have your mom not put you in fucking movies when you're 12 years in Hollywood at parties when you're 12 years old. Have you in seventh grade doing uh, playing basketball and doing homework? I don't know. Like, maybe that's the answer. Like, yeah. they, they always frame these questions as if like, you know, these once you're in the Hollywood system, you're in this weird bubble where... You don't frame questions like a normal person does. Like, like, how do we keep our 12-year-old daughter from being hit on by movie producers at parties at 2 in the morning <laughs> in the Hollywood Hills? I don't know. Like, yeah. don't, let her, don't let her go. Maybe some self-reflection. Yeah. So you know how it is. You're a young girl. You, uh, you start to develop breasts. You get your period. <laughs> then you star in movies with yes. Nicolas Cage. Yes. No, idiot. That's, you're like, <laughs> that's <laughs> just as crazy as if you're in a cult, if you're... You know, that, that, that's just as weird as if you're born into being, like, the head of Scientology. And you're like, yes. oh, well, this is just what we do. This like, what we, yeah. okay, yes, but uh, no one else does, and it's weird. And, and it seems like they either don't recognize it or they're in denial. I think they just don't. I think it's a, it's a weird bubble where they don't recognize it. I can't imagine what it's like to be, say, Taylor Swift, where you're like, you know, you've made your first $100 million at 21 years of age, and people are, like, screaming at you as you strum on a guitar and sing songs about your boyfriend. I, I can't imagine what that does to your head. What that does to your head. Well, it turns you into a, a cunt. Yeah, I mean, or, or, I, yeah, I think or so. Just a, a, sorry, I don't mean that to be just for women. Like, well, just, oh, uh, you want to ask that question of a man, Justin right? Bieber? No, it's the same thing. You just Bieber. Bieber's you turn transformation. Into an asshole. Bieber's transformation has been really weird of late. I, actually, kind of fascinating because he was such an asshole as a teenage boy, which I always felt bad. I didn't feel bad for him, but I always felt like if I was fifteen. Or 16, and I was super famous and surrounded by girls who wanted to have sex with me, and people called me the greatest, and then I had all this money. I'd be a huge asshole, right? Yeah. Most of us would be. Well, you pro- you were probably an asshole not having none of that. Yeah, of course I was. So you would have <laughs> yes. been even more of an asshole. Well, teenage boys are assholes to begin with. Yeah. And then if you give them like whatever the hell they want in the whole world, they're going to become huge, you know, huge assholes. But now he's having this weird, like, sort of like a, a 
thing where he's cycling back to like I think he was probably a decent younger kid, and now he's like kind of having this like period when he's like realizes what an asshole he was, and he's just sort of circling back to like I think this is kind of nice actually to like he was probably a decent kid like at twelve before he became famous, mm-hmm. and now at like twenty five he's like cycling back to like feeling really shitty about how he's been for the last ten years, yeah, and like pulled himself out of the spotlight. And he's going to church all the time, all on his own, like. He just is lo- like he realizes like I think what a horrible person he became, and he's sort of in his own way without any guidance because of course everyone around him still wants to be an asshole. He sort of had this literal come to Jesus moment where he's just sort of like repenting for being such a fucking yeah, huge loser. I mean, for being a Jesus freak, which he obviously is, he is to his credit sort of embodying many of the tenets of Christianity mm-hmm. at, at this point, which is incredibly rare, actually. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't generally like the religious sides, but if the if the other choice was huge fucking douchebag, then it's like you know, like you know, like the, the drug addicts become like really heavy AA or religious people. Yeah, I'm like they're really super annoying. But the alternative was they were fucking in the streets with needles in their arms. Yeah, so if it's it like helps this is better. You, if you want to believe in really preposterous things, like that's that's all good. Um, but I think it's a, in the least it's taught him to look at himself and go like, man. The fucking the haircut, like the way I urinating in the mop buckets. It's spitting, probably ninety percent the haircut. He's yeah. probably just regretting his haircut. Actually, yeah, just like I think he's just thinking like you know, and he's got like he's with the Baldwin girl now, and they're also I don't know if it's Steve Baldwin, Steve uh, Haley. Oh, oh, yeah, but, but I think Billy, it's a Christian. I think it's a Christian. It's like super Christian. Yeah, Baldwin's exactly. Daughter. So I think it's, it's Billy. In some way, I think it was Steven. He was Steven, the one, that's right. That's the one right. who skateboarded in Venice Beach and like tried to convert people. Yeah, that's Steven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. think in a weird way, they've, they've sort of, I think, helped each other out to be less huge assholes by being religious. So if that, if that works, that works. I bet you part of his religious thing, though, <clears throat> for no apparent reason, is like, uh, yeah, we should stop fucking. Ooh. It's like, wait. But, well, they're married, though, now. They're married now. Yeah, but I guarantee you that's part of it. Really? That's I, always a weird part. I would part. think. Having. Yeah. No idea what I'm talking. No, about. I don't. I don't know. They're twenty. They're that always 20s. comes into it. There's like there's they, they oddly weird I will say this, sexual repression. They do oddly like a lot of religious couples. They look like brother and sister, mm-hmm. which is kind of, they're both like blonde. They have a very similar look to them, and when they come out of church, they look exactly like brother and sister. It's like that the uh, um, uh, weird thing like you suddenly see boyfriends and girlfriends. They look like their siblings. Yeah, and then you realize they're just too much alike. I think that's <laughs> why it's probably just um, like a genetic, uh, you know. Somehow, somehow, I'm being programmed to like uh, diversify my uh, genetics. I, I'm not that into uh, blonde white chicks anymore. Really, I mean, I'm going black at this point. Well, I think at some point, especially when you're troubled, maybe you find someone who reminds you of your family members, right? Or at least the people you grew up with. I don't know. Oh, really? So you 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 think that's part of your genetic programming to spread your? Although you're not having children, so I don't know why that matter why that matters. No, I just think somehow I've I've become attracted. The, the world is telling me to not. Bone whites. They have that. They did that thing in like I don't know Time magazine. So a few years ago, where they showed like what people will look like in 500 years after all the you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's always like a model. Right. It's like a hot Eurasian black model. <laughs> like it's always <laughs> like they, yeah, we're not gonna uh, all of a sudden because of like interbreeding among the races. Not only will we be like multi fat, you know, mul- superficially multi fat, we're gonna be gorgeous. <laughs> like right, we're just right. gonna be gorgeous. <laughs> like I know a lot of interracial. I know some interracial couples who don't have the most attractive kids. It doesn't guarantee yeah. you're gonna have a, a, a Victoria's Secret. There's model. some combinations that don't work out well, but I'm gonna sort of refrain. <laughs> All right, you know what? You I don't would, think it's. I don't. I think it's just unattractive people from different races. Well, you would think black and Asian would be like a great combo, like a, a Tiger Woods. 
Yeah, is Tiger Woods considered attractive? I think he's weird looking. Uh, I don't know if he's considered attractive. Nothing against, you know, like, I, I'm not saying, not discouraging. He's a Coblin Asian, though. It's it's weird to see, you know, the bald gene is, is weird. Oh, I see. So you see, like, a, you ever see, like, a like a Native American, but he's bald? And you're like, damn, you hit the lottery, <laughs> right. but, like, in the opposite <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, put more feathers in your hair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I think I think here's my theory. General theory is like when good-looking people of any background races have kids, they have good-looking kids, right? And when unattractive people of different races or backgrounds have kids, they have ugly kids. That's but just when, how it works. But when two people that look like you said, like brother and sister, who are both attractive, yes, they also have attractive kids. Oh, I don't know, really. But in, I mean, not if they're legitimate, like not like England, where they've just inbred for so long they become unattractive, right? But when you see like the models marrying models, like these white models marrying white models, they yeah. tend to have very attractive kids. Maybe on down the line, you know, hundred more generations, they'll start to get like buck teeth and like like Laird weird Hamilton, eyes and shit. you know, the big wave surfer, mm-hmm. Laird Hamilton. His wife is Laird Hamilton with tits. Yes, they're both just buff tan yes. people. Yes, yeah, their kids will probably be pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think the uh, disfigurement of the uh, inbreeding takes place in one generation. Right. It takes place, and by that time, by the way, their kids are all going to be like have have sex with like black and Asian people and Hispanic people, so it'll mix up anyhow. So there's no, it's not like the old days, like I said, like in England where like there are only white people to fuck. And so they all had inbred sex and then they all got weird looking like the, the royal family. Yeah. I mean, if you live in California, ultimately your kids, grandkids, great grandkids are going to start intermarrying with other people. There's no way around that. So, I mean, we see like at my Jewish temple, we see Asian people, Asian and black and so forth families. Mm-hmm. So it's changed like in just a, gen- that's changed in just a generation. Oh, my so. friend growing up was an Eskimo, but his dad was from the Bronx and he was a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is like stuff that... But a I picture mean, of him wearing a yarmulke, a little Eskimo yeah. kid, is fucking hilarious. It's still a lot less... Inter, interracial marriage is still, uh, is still a lot smaller than people imagine because they watch television where it's like 90% or commercials. You know, every single commercial has an interracial couple now. Like every single consumer product commercial has uh, car companies or whatever it is... Uh, Home, you know, Ikea, whatever. And they're going subversive. It's almost always the white guy with the black wife. Yes. Which is cool, but it's just not common. It's like it's like 3% or something like that. And but then don't you and the gay couple. There has to be the gay couple or the lesbian couple in every single commercial now. Who are also interracial. Yeah, it's not... Which is amazing because I met, I met the guy who did the first uh, major brand uh, commercial with the gay couple in it. It was a car commercial. And that was like eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, believe it or not. Right. I mean, how much things have changed in seven or eight years? Now there's not a commercial without a male-male couple, like with a kid, like doing cereal, doing pouring the cereal in the morning. Right. A kid they bought off the black market. <laughs> yes. Well. But you never see, because I guess, because I live in West Hollywood, so my perspective is quite skewed. But I'm still shocked when I meet a gay couple, but they're both like pudgy guys that are computer programmers. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, aren't you guys supposed to be bench pressing? Like, what's going on? <laughs> when they're not in like short shorts, like uh, in tank time, like sleeveless tees. Yeah, <laughs> but isn't it part of the whole like? So I go on like Tinder, and you know it's incredibly diverse. There's not even that many because LA is diverse. Like, yes, um, I, I said it. Well, it's at least fifty percent Hispanic for sure. Yeah, and a lot of um, well, a lot of everything. But yes. So if I was in Omaha, I guarantee I'd be fucking white chicks because. There's nothing else there. Yeah. Omaha Craigslist is probably not all that diverse. No. But, like, since I kind of have the world at my fingertips, isn't isn't that kind of how people operate, though? Like, given the choice, don't you kind of... Unless you're a narcissist. 
Uh, you want to fuck the equivalent of you, uh, well, like uh, Liberace. Everyone has their everyone has their thing. I think I'm sure some people still go within the race. I don't know, but in LA, yeah, if you're talking about big cities, you're much more likely to spread the seed around to various places because that's just who the hot chicks are in your class or your work or wherever. It's going to be multicultural, right? So, and I don't think dudes are that. As far as I know, dudes are not that discriminatory. Uh, an attractive woman of any race or cultural background or religion is going to do is going to do the trick. Yeah. So there aren't that many guys. I I I don't, I don't know any guys who would go like, well, she's super hot, but she's black, so I'm going to stay away. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay off that hot Hispanic girl because I just don't do Hispanic. <laughs> like yeah, you don't meet. I never met a guy like that before. Even like the KKK guys are like secretly. Even if you had a type, and I don't think people that have a type are racist now at all. But like, uh, exactly like. Dude, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, and he was like banging the black chicks because they were hot. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, you can't get more racist than being a slave owner. And they're still having sex with the black girls because they were hot. I mean, did he do it in the hut, or did he? He brought them into the house. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how that worked exactly. I'm sure there's uh, at least 85 professors around the country who major in that. <laughs> who can tell you? <laughs> but I think uh, dudes stick their stick their uh, their fucking dick where they where they're attracted to, regardless of all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, Matt, I, I would be remiss if our uh, talk about the uh, heavyset women uh, being obnoxious did not go to Ashley Graham and her fat, even fatter sister. That, uh, is, that was disturbing. Yeah, I don't want to look up her sister's name because, uh, and not not because as uh, although one Bertha? of my the one of the things I chuckle at on Twitter is when someone say fat girls don't deserve names. Is uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna go That's there. That's really mean, but kind of funny. It is kind of funny. But uh, so Ashley Graham is like on the verge. She's on the edge of that like heavy. I mean, she has a black husband. Uh, to be as stereotypical as possible, let's say that black guys like girls with big, big bottoms. Big I'll white say it. Okay, so they like the larger. They like the larger ladies with a little stuffing, which is fine. She's on like that very, and she's also a very attractive woman. She's on that sort of edge of like being fat versus being really fat. She's on the high end, but still, I can see it's like you go to a Thai restaurant. She's gonna get hit on. How spicy out of ten? You say eight. Yes, like you're getting up there, but yes, still could be fun. (laughs) That's a good reference because she probably eats a lot of Thai food. (laughs) Is uh, uh, but she she would she definitely would get hit on by a lot of guys when she goes out. Yeah, especially black dudes. But her sister. Uh, is uh, much fat, even fatter than she is. Definitely op- in the obese category. And she's only twenty five. She's only twenty five. She's and morbidly obese. Really obese, and she's not uh, as facially attractive as as her sister. For whatever reason, let's just put it out there. She hasn't been offered fat, even fat girl contracts. And uh, <laughs> uh, and then so they did this thing where they campaign where they dress in these swimsuits for larger ladies and try to really be really empowering. And the sister is so obese that, yeah. like you said, they're trying to be empower- make it stylish to have the larger swimsuit. But she, the sister is so fat that the swimsuit just appeared to be like a potato sack <laughs> yes. with like a hole cut yes. in kind of like the rib area, but like not enough for like the fat to just spill out. It, like, was, it was like a way you would like dress if you had like a unattractive fat daughter. You might dress her to try and get her married to some guy, some cowboy or something. It was passing through. It was. It it looks like if you said to me because I have no concept of spatial, I couldn't you know right. sew two things together. It looked like if I made the swims, if they were like, yes. you, you just have to like as a kindergarten project. You know, let's go to uh, color me mine, and you make <laughs> a uh, swimsuit. Uh, that's supposed to be stylish. So they just give you a swimsuit, yes. and I just wanted to leave. So you I cut just, a hole in it. I cut a hole in it. <laughs> yes. that, that's what they did. And not in her belly or where the fat would hang out. No, I, it, I'm smarter than that. And you and I talked about it. I don't understand. It, we'll never understand women, or certainly heavyset women. And the idea that this was, empower, was empowering for women somehow. First of all, the swimsuits are really ugly. 
I'm guessing it's objectively Im- they are. They're just they don't look well made. Although I can't imagine like a good looking swimsuit on an obese woman. That's hard to imagine. Well, just the Andre the Giant. You know, like some sort just of the, just the black spandex is better than that. More something more covering, perhaps, or more flattering to the less exposing of the actual well, frame of the I body. I don't know what the, that fabric was, but it looked thick. Like she's already heavy. If she yes. went in the water, she would get waterlogged and, and sink. <laughs> like she would, and then nobody could lift her out. Although the buoyancy of water is pretty profound. Um, but it, it was like, yeah, it was like so, but somewhere between the moo moo, you know, that the old fat ladies mm-hmm. wear, yeah, and a trying to pass off a sexy swimsuit is probably a fat some kind of fashion answer for. La- really large women when they go to the beach. Right. But the idea that they're going to be promoted as sexy just was like, it, it feels so... I feel like Ashley Graham should be... would be in a, Remember when she lost like 10 pounds and everyone yelled at her? <laughs> All her fans yelled at her? I don't. But no, I think we talked about it. It was probably two or three years ago. But she lost like... I don't know if she actually even lost weight, but her, her fans accused her of losing weight as if like, we've caught you. You've lost weight. We, you traitor. Like you fat trader, your, uh, your blood pressure's down five points. Yes, you trader. Sell out. Yeah, but like, so they're embracing this idea that like, okay, so she's a little, she's kind of hefty. She probably eats a good amount, but she's within some realm. But her sister's just obese, and they're sort of embracing this idea that obesity is beautiful. So what was the? Is that the whole campaign? Well, no, they're selling. No, they're selling the swimsuits. They're selling the. They're, it's a deal with the swimsuit. So maker. the sister's just part of the ads for the swimsuits. It was what they did was there was they had a picture of them when they were like little kids mm, in swimsuits. Oh, right, right. So they recre they recreated. Of course, she wasn't 190 pounds and five two at like you know, whatever age. So they recreated the childhood photo, which could have been amusing and and, and sort of cute. But like, we can't recreate that roller coaster photo. <laughs> You're no longer allowed on the ride. No, exactly. <laughs> that's mean, but true. Yeah, that's uh, true. But it, why can't I? Don't understand. Like why can't this? Is we talk about the double standard. You talked. I think I forget who you mentioned, but like who couldn't be top? What fat actor couldn't be topless and could be called empowering? Um, <laughs> I mean, any really any actor. There's a lot of number. Like you know, John Candy couldn't have done like you know bathing suit ads, and people are going like, that's really empowering, right? right. There just would have been no one. Everyone said that called it gross. They would have called it gross and unfortunate and stupid, or funny. Or, or if he, but if he was trying to do it seriously, like saying, like I'm a fat guy. Here's I have trouble finding bathing suits. Here's a bathing suit that I like to no, wear. He would be mocked relentlessly by men and women. Yes, but somehow for women it's empowering, as opposed to say losing losing weight. I mean, as opposed to like saying like. Why not do before and after campaign for the swimsuits and say, okay, we have these other large lady sizes, but here's the better ones. So Ashley's going to help spend a year getting her sister in shape, and then next year we're going to unveil the new swimsuit. Isn't yeah? I don't understand. Isn't that and she doesn't have to be like skinny and all that kind of no, crap. No, some feminist twat listening to this or what what they would be thinking is, so you're saying all women need to uh, weigh ninety pounds? No, I'm not saying that. I don't believe you're saying that. Uh, no, you know, I don't think all women should look the same i don't think anyone thinks that there's plenty of you know guys that are attracted to thicker women what i yeah, think like, what, like ashley graham herself right what, what you're saying and i guess what i'm saying is healthy is attractive yeah and not only healthy is attractive healthy is healthy and it's like that's actually empowering but healthy is attractive because that's the whole point of attraction basically like, yeah but that's you, why guys are attracted to women they seem healthy enough to you know, have whatever kind of baby they want. Maybe but, you're going lumberjack. Maybe you're going <laughs> gymnast. I don't know. But even, even, even like, even saying that, like, okay, she, she says, I don't want to have a baby. I don't want to get married. I don't care what men think about me. Fine. But even within the context of your sister and your girl power, don't you want to be less obese? I mean, don't you want to be a, a model of like for healthy, for healthy health and wellness? Even if you're, again, you're not skinny, or whatever, just, just be as like, like your sister size. 
I mean, just get down to your sister size. Would that be? Would that message be far more empowering than the idea that like just fucking let go and here's a burlap sack you can wear this for ninety for ninety five dollars for selling yeah. to go to the beach? I don't. That seems so exploitative. Completely exploitative. It is, and you can tell. Like if you go to the beach enough, you got to walk down there. You're at the beach. You're swimming. Usually, you might lay on the beach, but still, like you're you're moving your body. Like if you have that kind of lifestyle, you're usually not that obese. Yeah, um, I don't think she's a beach girl. I mean, there's a reason that when they show uh, Little Caesars ads, they show a bunch of people at a party, yeah, having a slice or two of pizza. <laughs> yeah. They don't. The commercial isn't a dude watching cable <laughs> with fucking grease stains on his shirt, you know, plowing into the last slice of the pizza. And there's a reason that beer ads, you know show people having a couple beers. They don't show a guy vomiting on his tile no. on the bathroom floor. And even when the dudes are all around the, like watching the football game in the commercials, eating pizza, uh, uh, pizza rolls, and, and drinking beer, they're all slender. Oh, yeah. They're all slender, and they have a multicultural friend set. Well, because you can <laughs> be healthy and enjoy pizza every now and then. Uh, you can <laughs> Yes. It's obvious that that's not what she's living her life as no and it's, it's i don't if she wants to be that way that's fine obviously but why how does that how did we go from that being like how do we go from like women being forced to bind their feet and wear cinches to be smaller and be malnourished to appeal to men to fucking just let loose and you're still gonna sell and we're still gonna celebrate like why is there the, the pendulum always has to swing like so dramatically why can't there be a middle ground why can't the middle ground ashley graham seems like the middle ground why can't that be celebrated as opposed to well, it has been, but they have to take it further now, and you know, it, it would be like, uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's it's crazy. It's, it's 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 celebrating mediocrity, which is like bad, isn't it? Bad to celebrate mediocrity, isn't that like? Uh, uh, by the way, I watched uh, the movie Say Anything last night, which is one of my favorite movies again, and uh, the line I'm sure you've seen the movie, and the line at the end is like, uh, when the dad still can't believe that his daughter is going to go off with John Cusack. Because his daughter is like the A student, the overachiever. And uh, he says, I, I just don't believe it. She's never going to continue to celebrate mediocrity. <laughs> mediocrity. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite lines because he's like, he just looks at the kid and goes, like, you're, just medio you're just a mediocre dude. You know, she's great. You're just mediocre. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're unemployed. You kickbox. You don't know what you want to do with your life. You're traveling with her. That was kind of the whole um, American. God, I'm so bad with titles. What was the Kevin Spacey movie before he fucked all the kids? American Beauty? Yeah, that was uh, being ordinary. Like yes. mediocre is the worst thing you can call someone. For so even if someone's extremely mediocre, right. it really offends them. Yes. Um, so if you, <laughs> but why would you celebrate? Why would you celebrate mediocrity? Um, which is uh, even in the, in the movie, he says uh, the one thing I'm really good at is, is loving your daughter. I want to taking care of your daughter. That's what I want to do, which is kind of lame in a sense. But it, and when you're 17 or 18, that makes a lot of sense. It's not going to pay the bills. No, but when you're 18, it's for a teenage movie, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, but why would you celebrate like media? I mean, you could be mediocre, but why would you celebrate mediocrity? Well, I, I don't know that Ashley Graham's sister. If this is mediocrity, this seems like a pretty far outlier. I mean, well, I mean, she, at least giving up, giving up, very heavy. Right, right. We're like we're celebrating giving up. So instead of you actually putting hard work and achieving, we're going to build you a giant swimsuit and then celebrate the fact that you're not working hard. I, <laughs> like, I think I think it's this insane level of entitlement that's been built up through discourse and and politics. And look, who's who's home watching TV? Women, uh, usually. Mm -hmm. You know, childbearing. I'm not saying there's anything 
wrong with that, but who's who's buying shit? And who likes to hear compliments? Everyone. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting there and everyone's telling you, you know, that you're awesome, eventually it's going to kind of seep in. And I think that's where we're at. It's I think it's all just a commercial based. All I'm saying is if Mama June can lose 150 pounds, anyone can. Anyone well, she can was do on it. meth. I don't know. If I we don't care. To. I guess she that's what Fin Fin was. Yes, I remember Fen Fen. It was just it was just like Adderall, right? Basically, it was just a- amphetamines. Yeah. So if you want to do meth, is it a way of that was the uh, Kar- when the Kardashians early on. People don't remember this. They had their they made a lot of money off their diet plan, diet pills, and then they just found out they were just amphetamines. <laughs> they were just literally speed. It was just laced. It was just like fruity flavors laced with speed. And if you take enough speed, you don't you don't eat anymore. Right. I think you're good as long as you don't. I don't get what the skin picking kicks in. Because I've never seen a dude on a diet pill that just starts uh, picking his face off. Oh, does that happen? Well, really? you know, the, the meth photos. Oh, oh the meth photos, the, yes, Like the yes. tweaker photos. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's and their teeth fall, the teeth fall out and stuff yeah. like that. But I think there's a lot of people doing speed, and they're like, no, I brush my teeth. I'm just on speed, you know? One of the problems with uh, uh, meth and vitamins, even if you get off it, you still look like you're on it forever. Like, <laughs> right. you just never lose meth face. It never goes away. Yeah, it like, kind of sucks the... Like the water, I, I don't know the color the out of your skin. Of the teeth, the teeth get rotty looking, and you just have this like shallow looking eyes, like the sunken eyes. Yeah, like you look like you've been at war for ten years. It just never, go, it never goes away. I like my homeboy. I, I sent you the article. The guy that uh, he started, uh, mm-hmm. he was on meth, and he mm-hmm. he just started stealing as much uh, radioactive material <laughs> yes, as possible. Yes, I love that. And he killed himself. Yes, he, I love that guy. He looked pretty good, actually. <laughs> Matt, I want to go on to uh, the WNBA. I feel like we talk about the WNBA a lot, but uh, I sent you an article this week. I'm calling this title Mythbusters. This big story in SB Nation. I don't know why SB Nation has to start doing fake sports stories now politically. What's SB Nation? Uh, the website SB Nation. Is it a sports? Yeah, it's a big sport. Oh, S- like SB. ES- SB? SB. The letter S, the letter B, Nation. Oh, okay. It's a Vox, Vox Media, I think, their sports channel. Um, it's pretty big, actually, and I like I like most of it. Um, but they had to do this article this week by a female sports reporter. Uh, and, of course, she had to choose a female's topic. So she chose the feature story about how the WNBA teams have male practice squads because there aren't enough female basketball players. Mm-hmm. And they routinely dominate the male practice squad. So let's get over this idea that WNBA players can't beat their male counterparts. Hilarious. Yes, right. So like, they beat the Washington Generals. Yeah, like, like. Well, first of all, I don't, I don't even believe the fact they beat the practice squad. That seems like bullshit to me. What it seems to me like, if I'm a guy and I'm getting paid to be a, say, I'm a co- ex-college basketball player, and I'm being paid to be on the WNBA practice squad to to face off against the Comets or whatever. That's the only team I can name. Uh, uh, female squad. I'm not going to fucking dominate them in practice. No, I, I got the inside info. Oh yeah, from a friend of mine that. Um, was a very good high school basketball player. Didn't choose to pursue basketball. Mm-hmm. Actually, he wasn't good enough, I think. But he would... So I didn't know that practice squads existed in basketball because I played basketball and you scrimmage against your own team. You right. have five on five. You usually have 10 players. Um, but in with women, they, they do that because men are so much better that it actually makes them better um, at basketball. So anyway, my friend played on the practice squad against the UConn Huskies women's team. And I said, best team, like the best female team in the country, best in the country. And I was very shocked because I thought when you sent me the story, I thought they had made it up because I didn't think the male practice, practice squad. part. Yeah, I just didn't or yeah. any practice yeah. squad. It's just not 
I didn't know it existed in basketball. But um, so, yeah, he was on the practice squad, and he said, A, I'm good at basketball. I'm better than most of them, so it's a good way to meet chicks. But beyond that... Well, they're all... Le- I think it's 97% lesbian, so that may not work out as well as he, as well as he thinks. Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't believe it did work out. But um, So he said it's very regimented, and so they would use you for, for, you know, for specific drills. drills. Yes. But he said every now and then they would just let them run, and the male practice squad would beat them handedly every time. <laughs> of course. And he's not lying. This no. is just true. No, we, well, we know they can't beat NBA players, and we feel very confident they can't beat any decent college, male college team of any caliber, even like a Division two or three college team. I don't think they could beat a high school team. Do you think a high school male team? They could beat a male high school team, but one of those really stacked high school teams where yeah, like four like, of the guys go to D1, Yeah, they could not beat them. Like no. a modern day or somebody, like a parochial school that has all, yeah. all Americans? Zero chance. Yeah, like where LeBron plays high school basketball? They could beat like a D3 team where the center is you know, 6-2. 6-2 and Jewish. But it would be a good game. It's not like they blow them out. Well, the thing that women, they, they shoot well, right? Well, they have, first of all, they have the smaller ball, so that would be one issue because they use the smaller size ball. So, but that's probably an advantage for so if, if Steph Curry gets yeah. a smaller ball, yeah, he shoots like eighty <laughs> percent. Mathematically, you know, there's just it's easier to go in. It'd probably yes. take him a you know you ten shots to, to get used to it, right? But there's less clanking around the rim. Yeah, you're gonna get less less shots are gonna pop out of the rim. Yeah, that's that's probably true too. I there was a whole like why why is this insistence on first of all every single. Every single guy, women don't really like basketball. Let's say lesbians who like basketball. Remember we had that story last time about the, the woman who's Roxanne Gay who just said, announced that all the WNBA games are sold out. Yeah. What is this desire among the female sports domain to insist that WNBA players are on par with male basketball players? I don't even understand the rationale behind that, knowing that even if you think you can fool people into believing that's true, what does that, what does that actually buy them? What does that buy them? Um, well, ego stroking, mm-hmm. I guess, would be the number one thing. Um, it's not going to affect ticket sales or viewership or like. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone's going to like go. Oh, I didn't realize that. Now I'm going to start going to Lynx games to watch. Like, I mean, it doesn't. It's just. It is just like a weird feminist thing. Like, where I'm just going to pretend that. I don't think even guys care. I mean, we. The only thing we care about is that they are lying about stuff. Right, like if you said like, look, these these girls don't play as well as the guys, but like I, I'm very like I'm very you and I disagree on this. I think I'm very supportive of female only sports, mm. not only because I have a daughter, but I think like it's you know if we have like we talk about the, with the transgender, if we have unisex sports, then women never get to play. So having female only sports allows women who want to play sports, and a lot of them do. To compete against other women in a, in a competitive landscape, just like when I played fucking JV or second tier basketball, I'm supportive of it too. I would just like I just like to constantly point out that it's not a meritocracy. No, but it's a mer- within the gender. It's a meritocracy until the trans the transgender come in. But I, I think I think I mean I okay, think well you know I think most guys support the idea that they're not going to go pretend to have a baby. And, <laughs> no, but I mean, but I mean I think most men 
they don't may not watch it, they may not care about it, but they accept the fact that there should be female only sports so that women can compete yeah. in a fair la- and an equitable landscape. So that the WNBA players can say, "I'm the best," uh, you know. So Cheryl Swoops can come in and fucking dominate in the game. Sure, because nobody wants to see her get zero points in an NBA WNBA game and get smashed and blocked 18 times in a row. They want to see her score and do her thing because she's a great female basketball player. That's the only one I can name. But Lisa, really, Lisa Leslie. Honestly, no one does want to see that though, as as bared out by the ticket sales. And no, ratings. but they're, they're, no, nobody wants to see it. But they like but like soccer, for example. It's fine. I don't. Yeah, I don't. But but the idea that it, it's. They have to insist that it's as good as the male sport. I don't get where that leads you. What does that lead you to? What is the benefit to women of insisting that, other than that you're going to allow trans men, trans women into the sport, what is the advantage to women of pretending that the WNBA is the same game as the NBA game? I, I, feel, because, like I feel like it's counterproductive. Because people like to think that they're awesome. Yes. I, you know, like, uh, <laughs> why do little kids, put, a little boy put on a cape? You know, it's human nature to try and act like you're a fucking superhero. Like, contrary to what you might think, I don't go around, you know, getting in women's faces about how shitty the WNBA is. That is totally contrary to what I think. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> However, it doesn't take much. Right, so right. after one idiotic comment such as, well, you know, uh, the W, the Seattle Storm beat the male practice squad. Yeah, right. Then I will say... Well, you're kind of stupid, and you don't know what you're talking about because you don't know who's on the practice squad, do you? All you know is that you said they're mostly men. So what if they? What if I was on the practice squad and I drank a forty before I went out? Do you deserve, does that mean you're an elite athlete? No. Nobody, nobody believes that the female athletes are as good as the male athletes, and no one expects them to be. I don't. Again, I, 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 this story confounds me because obviously the SB Nation has female reporters, and they have to write on female issues because that's the. the avant-garde in 2019 but just to lie just like the woman lying about the WNBA games being sold out why like no one believes you you're just going to look stupid when you when people put it to the test what is the point of pushing a philosophy with obviously fake facts that is so like so easily debunked that it's just going to make it look stupid i don't know i mean we're in the age uh, like if you watch fox news they will within 5 minutes just quote stats that are either misrepresented or just blatantly like not even fact like but but stats. here's the difference here's the difference i think their audience believes them right whereas someone who re- on sb nate on a sports site who reads this goes like you and i do we just fucking roll our eyes the minute we see it and there aren't a lot of female readers of sports sites right. so it's mostly guys so just it's like i would think like okay i want to make i want to push female basketball or female sports as much as possible what's my strategy going to be Oh, I'm going to lie to everyone and tell them that they play as well as the men do, and that's going to really help us. That's going to really help us. Well, out. it's literal fucking propaganda. Like, yes, the th- but, been, but propaganda doesn't. That obviously can't work. I don't know. Like, so I've been watching the NBA playoffs, and there's a Gatorade commercial that's in heavy rotation, and it's Dwayne Wade yes. and his wife Gabrielle Union. Yes, who? So he looks like he's in really good shape, as he should, since he just retired from the NBA where he was still averaging, I don't know, 18 points a game. Great player, yeah. Um, and one of the best guards of all time. She's had a couple kids, and she looks good, but she's she could lose a, a few pounds. Oh. Regardless, yes. she's they're in a spin class. She's beating him at the spin. He's having to work really hard to beat her at the spin class, right. and she eventually wins. Um, then they're working out. He gets tired before her. It's so idiotic. It's straight propaganda. And if, if it was a comedy thing, I'd be like, 
but it's not shot that way. It's shot to be like, uh, you know, like an uh, an action sequence or something. Like yeah, that. it's it's supposed to be like hyper realistic almost. Again, I would just en- I would end this segment by saying I don't understand how this is a actual winning strategy for women's sports to say they're on par with men's with men at male athletic performance. But isn't the propaganda? succeeding in the fact that we now have this commercial which is like a coca-cola product that's selling a shitload that you know uh, is i don't know th- hundreds of thousands so? of dollars so? per I, ad i compare it to those the, the ads the liquor ads we always talk about whether they tell you not to drink so much is it is it really is that propaganda really working or is it just like a wink wink to the people who buy gatorade well, which, which isn't women by the way i don't i've never seen a woman drink gatorade before in my entire life actually i haven't either no no, it's interesting. <laughs> Women don't buy Gatorade, and they're not, uh, and, and, you know, they're not drinking Budweiser necessarily. So these and, and people that drink Budweiser are not responsible drinkers. So let's just get that out, let's get that out of the way. I can. Adjust. I drink responsibly. I drink Budweiser. Like what? what? Like so? These. I think this is just a wink, corporate wink, wink. Like we have, we have our diversity officers now. We're having these things, programs. We got to show how we're like tuned into uh, uh, diversity. Oh, before I forget, I want to forget. The, the I figured I thought today I was thinking today the most diverse absolutely possibly the most diverse uh, sector of entertainment is pornography, mm. right? Are you right? I mean, like I looked at I it's just, almost evenly represented. I looked at I just may have perused like the homepage of a porn site, and it is the most multicultural, young, old, different ethnicities, different races, <laughs> different genders. Obviously, some gay, some straight, whatever else it is. It is like the most like you don't get that diversity anywhere else in filmed entertainment. <laughs> A lot of trannies. A lot of trannies, a lot of stuff. Gay, even, lesbian. Even, and even people with like big breasts, small breasts, big dick, small dick. It was all in there. It was all in there. Like, it was the mo- even like within the job qualifications, it was diversity. Well, that's because Pornhub doesn't have some asshole from Yale who yes. somehow got the job whoa, whoa, whoa. who goes to yes. fucking work in a suit or a miniskirt going, yes. I think we need more of this. Yes. No, it's because Pornhub is like, what are people jerking off to? Yes. Where you get paid per click. You it's, know? A, it's a pure meritocracy. And by the way, the meritocracy shows that diversity actually succeeds, but not for the reasons people think. Which is like well, let's force this upon people to be high minded. It's like like you said, what are people beating off to? And well, then they, it works. Then it actually then it actually works. They had. Um, it kind of gives me hope. It kind of gives me hope for humanity, as a matter of fact. Yeah, this this was an interesting story. I I think I heard it on This American Life or some NPR radio show. But so Reddit had this. Uh, they had like a, a per pixel. They had a big. Um, blank canvas right. on Reddit and they put it up. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. So it's just a blank canvas and like to draw on one little micro pixel or whatever, you had to put in like a certain amount of coding and effort. So it was all people and people got real into it. So it was like right. everyone on Reddit um, coming together to draw what they wanted. So it starts with a peace sign and then someone writes nigger, of course. Yes. And uh, and and eventually, you know, there were like swastikas and like hate, hate speech and rainbows and and the more people that got on it the more you could sort of overwrite like the mm-hmm. original tile and it ended up being um well it just sort of looked muddled but the point is that the the people on reddit covered up the the swastikas and the n bombs and and all that with it, it it just showed that the trolls are outnumbered. Oh yeah, basically is what it. Showed. They have a larger impact online because they have a lot more time and energy. Yeah, but if you look at porn, which is the most democratic thing we have online, and not a small user base because it's like five hundred million people. Right. <laughs> the that actually people are very open minded when it comes to what turns them on, 
at the basis level of their humanity, they are completely open-minded about race and ethnicity and age and gender and all this sorts of stuff and gay and straight, whatever else it is, that they just want whatever they want, and it's yeah. very diverse. Well, it's intrinsic what they like. So if you were to believe, like, CBS um, and, and all of these different outlets, trying, trying to literally convince you that you're supposed to want to fuck fat women. right. That's not reality, and no. it, and it never will be, no. and, that, and that's why boys like fire trucks and girls like you know fucking tiaras. Mm -hmm. um, even on even growing up, uh, pretending to be little kids on board up. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I just I don't know why that struck me, but it made me feel good about humanity, which is thinking like at the most secretive, private, like darkest moments of people, they're actually pretty open, very open minded. Yeah. They're they're looking around. And exper I don't think guys are like I don't think even like dudes from Alabama are like. Going like, oh, I'm not going to look at that black porn. Like they're like, you know, you're, they're they're probably looking at it more than anybody else, you know. So it's like all, all the other stuff is like social construct. All the fucking swastikas and the other shit, the alt right stuff and the trolling. That's all. That's all like social construct. Right. That's all shit they think makes them look cool or like it pleases their their brother or their dad or their little teen group or whatever. But when they're alone in the dark and they have choices. They're looking at fucking Hispanic and Asian. Because there's no construct when you're trying to bust a nut. Exactly. I mean, it's pure It's pure, just fucking primordial human nature, right? Yeah. And it's completely, it's completely diverse. So that made me that that porn experience made me feel very. I'm mad. I hate to do this, but we've got to talk about Drake, uh, the Toronto Raptors. Uber fan and apparently owner of two Golden State Warriors tattoos somewhere on his body, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. I just it appalls me and amazes me and bothers me to no end. Like I just I I look at Drake and I'm like I'm sure he likes basketball, but it just seems so contrived. And like when he massage the coach's shoulders. <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre. I guarantee that coach wanted to fucking punch him. Fucking right elbow to the face. I don't get like why why do we need this? Okay, so it's Toronto. I guess you need a celebrity fan, but like I, I like I don't mind the fact that he's a celebrity fan because who else is Toronto gonna have, right? In their corner. I don't mind that part, but Nicholson is the celebrity fan, and they cut to Nicholson and he's like watching the game. Taking a nap. You know. <laughs> yeah, or smoking hit, crack. Hitting on the girl hitting on the girl next to him, taking a nap, maybe eating, eating a hot dog. It's just I don't think with Drake. I mean, especially with the tattoos of the other team, that's just like you can't even make shit like that up. No, it's just fucking ridiculous. It's a, you're to, I mean, it's like having. Can you imagine like an Eagles fan having like oh, also like New York Giants like you know fan guys on the tattoos on their body or something like that? No, it's like either you're a fan or you're not a fan. I think he, I think Drake is a fan of front running. Like he's just a fan of like I'm a fan of basketball, the fan of the game. That's lame. Isn't that lame? <laughs> like you can't be a team fan and also be. I'm just a general fan of basketball achievements. It doesn't right. work that it doesn't work that way. Well, he's he's just obviously performing. Yes. And and that's what like if he was just into the game and like dude, I get it. It's fun, you know? Like I get if you get excited and you jump around after a big shot, but he is just he knows where the camera is. Right. You know, he's he's just doing this as self-promotion basically. And it, and if I was the Raptors, I think I'd be like, "Look, you know, we don't 
by the way, what does ambassador mean? What the <laughs> fuck is this? T- you're abusing the term <laughs> severely. Toronto, ambassador? Toronto Raptors ambassador. You, oh, you're a black guy from Canada and you like basketball? No, that doesn't make you an ambassador. It does make you pretty rare, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Toronto's pretty rare. But how, yeah. many famous, how many famous black Canadians can you name? Like, I don't, I don't mind that they show him, but it's he's just a dork, and yeah. and the whole the tattoo thing makes it inexcusable. How and can you have tattoos of like the? T- so now you're in this position where your team's finally in the finals, and you're facing off against the Warriors, and you got a fucking Steph Curry and Kevin Durant tattoo on your body. It's like it's like this. It, you've been you've been strung up on this fucking idiot, Paul. You can't you just can't escape right now. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even if I had, I would feel like a, like a shame if I had those tattoos regardless. Yes. If I had two other guys <laughs> yeah. tattooed on my body, one of them being Durant being just like a twat. Um, well, maybe I'll put Kawhi Leonard dunking over him or something on his new, ta- his new tattoo. But yeah. I, I, I almost feel like based on the tattoos, it would be a, a cool move for the Raptors to be like, mm, you're not, you can come to the games, but like, we are not featuring, you can't have those seats. Like, you have the other team tattooed. Yeah, he yes. doesn't have a, uh, I mean, Vince Carter tattoo. I'm trying to think of the most famous, most notable Raptor. You know, he's he's a <laughs> front runner. Name. You know, and and you know what they're gonna, you know what they're going to do at the Warrior Games is they're going to like they're going to tell him to show his tattoos. <laughs> the fans are going to ask for him to show the tattoos. He can't even go to the Warrior Games. They're going to fucking harass him and ask him to show the tattoos. But isn't that his whole personality? Like his music reflects that. It's it's so um, pedestrian. Yeah, I don't like no no and like and it just sounds like like it was produced and he just stepped in. He's the AC Slater of Canada. Like, <laughs> I, why are you? I'm not. <laughs> you're the Mario Lopez. He was. He was a child. He was a child actor. Fucking Canada. Like, I'm not. I don't. I don't think he's cool. Why do people no. think he's cool? I don't know why, other than the fact that he's black and Canadian, and that's as far as I can go, which is somewhat <laughs> unique. Again, I'll say that as being a black Canadian performer, there just aren't many of you. But it, it just. Does, I don't really quite. Under, I don't quite understand. It. I guess it's sort of like the blonde hair, blue eyed Mexican guys who make it big in like the in entertainment. It's just sort of a novelty, like almost a novelty in its, in its sense. Um, but he was always Jimmy from Degrassi for me. That's all. That's all I remember him. He was a kid. He was a kid, a cute little kid actor, and uh, and somehow they they you know he fit the suit and they put him in the thing. And I don't. I can't tell you if he's talented or not because I just don't. I can't tell from his music whether or not he's talented. He's not. I, I don't know. I mean, he got in with the celebrity culture. I'm not saying he's untalented, but he's not like. He tried to do a freestyle once, and it was just like some shit that he'd already memorized. Right, like that's as far as street cred goes as a rapper. That's like the the make or break. You know, that's that's the litmus test. He's like a little bow wow or someone like that. He grew up in the celebrity. He grew up as a celebrity kind of an actor, and just transitioned to rap because that's what he was interested in, or because he's black. Uh, I, I don't really know. I'm but trying to think if the black part has something to do with it because, like you said, like I'm trying to imagine a parallel situation. If um, I guess there's not really that many celebrity football fans, but what's a sport like? What if? Well, uh, if if you were a fan of of the Red Sox and and uh, and it was the World Series and you had Derek Jeter tattooed on your bicep while <laughs> that would be like enough to be considered treasonous oh already. you would get your ass kicked and but, nobody would care who how famous you were but you if would get it was the kicked. current team playing like this right. is it's like uh it's so absurd i can't even you're right he should be ba- he should wrap be, my mind around should, the raptors should put up a little sign saying everyone's welcome to come attend unless you have the opposing team tattooed on your body 
in which case you're not allowed to enter the stadium, enter the yeah, arena. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I don't understand that. Matt, I want to talk to you about something that is so ironic, it's just fucking killing me. I don't know if you've been about these Mount Everest, like these deaths on Mount Everest have been climb, racking up. So it's been a record season of deaths for Mount Everest. They only climb like, yeah. what, two months out of the year? Yeah, I saw that. And there's been a new thing. And the reason people are dying on Mount Everest is because there's such a backlog. It's so crowded with traffic from fucking super annoying, let's just be honest, super annoying white people who want to climb Mount Everest. Yeah, yeah. That they have to wait their turn to get down back down because... The fucking Sherpas have to bring them back down. Have you seen the the photo of it, it's, the traffic? Yeah, it's like an escalator at Mall of America. Like yeah, it's insane, a cr- overcrowded uh, thing, and they can only take a certain number of people down at a time. So people are dying like at the top of the mountain because they're just they're stuck there. And I this to me is like uh, I just call it white guy Darwinism. <laughs> It's like let's face it, this is uh, mountain climbing is a sport for like bored rich people, white people, and not always rich, but certainly bored and white. And the fact that they're actually climbing up and they can't get down because <laughs> there's too many people up there. And they're literally dying on top of the mountain, not because of any any reason other than the fact that it's just there's traffic. Mm-hmm. It's like, like you said, like Mall of America, like, Mall of America, like a, a throng, like people die. It's like almost like the equivalent to Black Friday shopping where people get trampled trying to get in the Target to get the uh, Xbox. I laugh at it. And I wouldn't, like, obviously I don't want mountain climbers to die i mean i kind of do if you're yeah well i, I don't want a so a yeah, dude absolutely. whose passion is mountain climbing sure and he's free soloing capitan i don't want that guy to die that's not as crowded by the way you want to go you no. want to go up el capitan with just your bare hands that, that line's not as crowded no there's only one or two guys that can do it <laughs> yes and uh hence uh you know people think he's cool no one thinks you're cool when you have a poor man carry your gear up and you <laughs> chop her into the summit and the snow is melting, no one thinks you're cool. Yeah. I don't. I don't think climbing Everest is what it used to be. I feel like climbing Everest is not like the, 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 the libertarian candidate for president last time, Gary Johnson. He's in his 60s. He climbed Everest over 60 uh, three months after he broke his leg. And he's in great shape. He rides up. I mean, he's like a great aerobically fit guy. But if you're over 60 and you just broke your leg and you can climb Everest, it's yeah. no, to me, that's no longer like what it used. That's not Sir Edmund Hillary any longer. That's no. just like not. Now it's become. Now everyone's got the cool gear. That's why I think it's funny if you die because yes. yeah, it's all about. It's not about you respecting this mountain and and you know, um, you know, proving something to yourself and the the art of it. It's about you telling your friends yes. at golf that you climb Mount Everest and then showing them the photo <laughs> on your iPhone. Which someone else took, and I hope you tipped the guy. Um, it's it's a cold, it's the freezing cold version of the uh, fire festival. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a fire festival for just a different crowd of hipsters. It's not even if you, even if it was cool at one time. It's the kind of, it's like a club now that is no longer cool. You have to find something else. To, you got to find something else to do because it's been corrupted over the last thirty years or so by just hipsters right. climbing the mountain. And now so like you're going to climb Everest. People look at you like, oh, yeah, just like uh, Steve did last uh, couple of weeks ago when his trip to the Bahamas got canceled. He went to the Everest instead and climbed the Everest. Yeah. And climbing Everest is not the same thing as reaching the top of Everest. Right. Right. So <laughs> if you, if you want to go vamping and whatnot, and like, yeah, you can't have a serious heart condition, but I know a really rich girl whose father is rich and her and her father climb mount everest she's about 35 pounds overweight (laughs) she's not 
She's by no means in good shape. She smokes. She drinks. She climbed Everest. Oh, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't top Everest though. She didn't. Uh, she let me put it this way. She, she didn't have an ice pick on her. She hikes. <laughs> okay. So I mean, the only thing that can go wrong really is a storm. An unexpected storm comes in, or you know, you get as we've learned now, you get stuck in traffic because there's too many fucking uh, white people at the top of <laughs> flying to the Paul. To the top of Mount Everest, and you're stuck in traffic, and then you know you freeze to death. Good, fuck you. You wanted me to think you were doing something dangerous. Yes. You got your wish. This guy, you now you're fi- dead. Way to go. You got to. It's, it's, it's turns out it was dangerous. It's amazing how fast it turned. Like how fast climbing Everest turned from something super cool into you're kind of a dick. He's <laughs> just kind of a dick. Like climb. Like that's like it's not that it's not harder achievement or something like that. It's just like it's not cool at all anymore. And now people are dying because it's literally just become like the four or five freeway. Well, yeah, it is. By the way, it is less of an achievement. Like, literally, if I said, if I had the the means, and this would be hilarious, I could land a helicopter somehow Mm -hmm. on the uh, summit of Mount Everest and say, I reached the summit of Mount Everest, right? That doesn't mean you did Well, they still, I don't know. I only know from the movies, but they still, it's still like a... Hardcore climb. It's still. I mean, you have to be in good shape. It's still a hardcore mountain climb. Like it's, you can't just be a, a newbie and go up there. Uh, this girl I know really, was not but she didn't go to. The, she didn't do the actual like the ascent of the of the you know the, the, like it's sort of like like El Capitan like you mentioned. There's the easy way up, uh, perhaps. and there's the hard way up. Yeah, maybe that's right. And they go up like the hard way. She went up like the the, the one with the the gift shops along the way, <laughs> like the oh, man, like the probably. ABC stores along the way. You can buy T-shirts <laughs> and shit. <laughs> like you can buy like just Nepal Nepalese like Nepalese like fucking. And trinkets and shit. You can take one of those little guys home with you. You probably could. Stick them in your carry-on. Yeah, the Sherpas are like... Uh, uh, by the way, you've noticed they started using the word Sherpa like in uh, cool hipster clothing now, like in LA and stuff, and it's just become a name that people now use for like... I did cool. not notice that, but it Yeah, yeah, it's become... A, uh, also, they started using it in like uh, tech companies that started using the word Sherpa in terms of hiring people. We're looking for a Sherpa with... Amazing so and so skills. Really? Yes. Oh absolutely. my god. Absolutely. <laughs> Fucking hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the Sherpas blow shit up. <laughs> Matt, I want to end today on STEM. You've been a big supporter of STEM, I think, through the years. That'd be science, technology, engineering, mathematics, I believe. I don't really know anymore. The acronym's been around for so long, I forget what it is. But the whole idea of STEM, I think, was invented. Just so they could put four letters together first, it spelled something, <laughs> and then two to uh, to announce that the reason more there weren't more women in science and mathematics and engineering uh, was because of sexism, uh, uh, just basic sexism from birth that separated. You talk about the boys with the, the fire trucks and the girls with the dolls earlier, so girls would be put in the dolls and told that math wasn't for them and engineering wasn't for them. And therefore, they became uh, uh, modern dancers and marketing. You're showing up <laughs> to Google's office for an interview. You're a woman. You've uh, entrepreneured a bunch of uh, successful businesses through your coding. You've been yes. interested in coding your entire life. Even in preschool. Oh, man. I just remember Jennifer was always coding. Yeah, that's right. And he said, we have no job for you. No. That's the way it works. Why right? don't you be our secretary and go get us some coffee? Yeah, from <laughs> yeah. what I understand, that's that seems to be the narrative. Well, there was I, I think there I would say it was ten percent accurate in the sense that there was no encouragement of girls to learn math or engineering or science. They were never like, you know, the way what girls were rewarded for it was never that, and there weren't teachers that were pr- promoting that. So the, uh, for the smaller than male population of girls who were interested in that, they were definitely not pushed to do that or encouraged or rewarded for doing that. 
But I think that works against the actual genetics, which is that boys are just more interested in science and technology and, and, and mathematics than girls are. I think they've been encouraged. Well, recently, to recently. Follow, well, but not just mo- like real recently. I would say since the like mid seventies. Yeah, but that's fairly. Re- I mean, throughout history, women were not yeah, encouraged yeah. to be like. In fact, they weren't allowed. Like, you know, it wasn't like Galileo had a lot of female, uh, uh, you know, classmates in his class. Because he didn't have a lot of female classmates that were interested in figuring out like how the moon. Orbited. But it also was there was no there was no socioeconomic advantage to women studying those subjects either, because there weren't many jobs for them. There wasn't there was no advancement in that. Well, there era. wasn't much throughout history, depending on you know a lot of different contexts. Uh, you know, Copernicus wasn't getting paid a hefty salary. No, that's true. He was. I mean, they were. They were. They were just interested in it. They were interested in. They got some sort of patron, so so on and so forth. But even so, even in modern age, when women, one hundred percent women go to school, and there's more women in college now, more women in professional schools, they're still not going to schools in the areas of STEM. So right. even now that opportunities are open, which would seem to lead you to believe that STEM is just not something that is as popular among women naturally as it is among men. Yeah. So they've been pushing the STEM thing. As, again, the social construct, that social construct is keeping women out of STEM, girl, young girls out of air, interest in STEM, and therefore they've been pushing at schools and every fucking school, especially uh, private schools and public schools too, put STEM on their front page and we're pushing girls into STEM and this is going to change the tide and all this other stuff. Well, it turns out after all these years, it's just not working. It's just not working. So sort of like the uh, anti-drug commercials when they did like a 15-year review and found that it, it was actually caused more people to do drugs. <laughs> like, it's just not working. So I sent you that article about how they're now using art. This is like this total surrender. They're now using, like, art as an entree to get girls interested in, st- in STEM, yeah. which is like, so it's almost like saying, we know you're not really interested in, in, in science and math, so we're going to create an art class, which you love because you're girls, that's going to feed, that's going to secretly feed you science and math learning. Yeah. <laughs> like your veg, your, like your vitamin, your vegetables are going to be like hidden in the stuff you actually like to eat. It seems like a total retreat. Yeah. It's like we're trying to get more boys into social work. So, uh, you know, into hospice care. And right. So let's develop a video game where they have machine guns and they <laughs> fucking kill everyone. Uh, but the hero's like a hospice care worker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, that'll definitely not work. I mean, it was like, it was such, I, they read, they, they, the articles were written like, oh, applied arts now being used to encourage girls. And I just read like Total Surrender, White Flag. Yeah. Like, we, we spent 15 years, 10, 15, 20 years pushing this shit. The, st- the statistics bear out is not working at all. And therefore, we now have to convince girls to do science and math by making it cute and fun and arts. <laughs> cute yeah. and fun and arts. We're going to tiptoe back. <laughs> yes. Oh, gee, vibrator party, Tupperware party for, uh, you know, applied mathematics. Like, well, I'm sorry, what's the connection there? Those are two opposite things. But it circles back to everything we've kind of talked about today, which is why, whether it be WNBA or Taylor Swift being upset about you know, being asked if she's going to have kids or, or Amy Schumer with the breast pump photos. Like, why can't, like, why does it have to be, I mean, I, people don't understand there's an egalitarian and equal, right? Yeah. Like egalitarian would be like everyone has the same opportunities to be happy and succeed and be successful, which is equality, which is everyone has to do the same thing. Like everyone has to like we all have to pretend that women like STEM as much as boy as men. We all have to pretend that WNBA players are as good as male players. We all have to pretend all this shit, which I, I always feel like I did about the the WNBA stuff that it's just counterproductive to produce a false narrative and then push it as part of like a legislative agenda. 
where you're forcing this. It doesn't mean women can't be awesome and great and financially successful and socially successful and, and personally happy and fulfilled. They just aren't going to do it doing math and engineering. <laughs> They're going to do it doing math and engineering, which is no. like, I don't like math and engineering. I don't feel like unfulf- I don't feel unfulfilled. I can't fix my own sink. <laughs> no, I don't feel like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a STEM guy. I don't feel like that was like something like it was a huge advantage for me being a guy and I could have access to STEM programs. I couldn't give a shit about them. Yeah. So like, what, 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 isn't that, isn't that fault? Isn't pushing a false gender narrative ultimately sort of the opposite of feminism, the opposite of advancing women? Because you're, 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 you just spent 15 years convincing girls, trying to convince girls that they love math and they don't love math. I, I think it's again like this insane entitlement that's been built up because it's like, okay, we're doing pretty well. You know, we have more or less equal opportunity employment. I would argue more than equal. Yeah. But whatever. Like, let's just say it's roughly equal. Um, it's like, yeah, and you know, we, uh, we, the, the, the editor, the board of Huffington Post is 15 women and zero men. It's like, <laughs> yes. all right, well, you're doing quite well. You know, it's a major news outlet, you know, pr- plenty of executives and, and, uh, you know, all kinds of, in, in, right now in dual income households. So that's a guy that's married to a woman <clears throat> or perhaps in a long term relationship. I'm not sure how they clarify that, but, um, the guy makes more money than the woman 60% of the time. So that's roughly half. So this whole thing about like, oh, uh, we're not doing it. So it's it's trying to like have your cake and eat it too. So it's like we're doing pretty well, but we want this too, this one thing that you guys have. Like we want to try and like, you know. Get but, it's, but it's weird because it's like not even like women don't even want, they don't really even want it. Like you're saying we have to have it. Yeah, but the, we don't the even want sort it. of the, the mainstream narrative is like we're being excluded. Like how come we don't have this thing? And, and oh, I get the under, I get the underlying reason for like the who the like the two percent of people who actually run things think that way. Yeah, but then the other ninety percent, eighty percent, ninety eight percent of the people they're representing don't feel that way. It was sort of like when uh, the same number, like when uh, we were talking about this, when and I think on Twitter when Kirsten Gillibrand said that she wasn't doing well in the polls because of sexism. <laughs> like, well, no, the other women are doing much better than you. And by the way, ninety eight percent of women don't haven't picked you as their choice. It's just a false. It's just a false narrative, and ultimately, it doesn't help you. So telling telling girls that like you're really interested in math, you just don't know it, you're just not aware of it. Like put away the the creative writing and the and the uh, whatever you're doing and the things you love doing and dance and other things like that. Put that away because that's not what you really like. What you really like is math and engineering. Trust us. Yeah. It seems like that's like that's a very that hurts. That seems to hurt people, not encourage them to be better at what they really like. It's it's all it's it's just completely fun. like every news uh, segment you hear like. Well, you know, the bro culture of Silicon Valley, the misogynistic <laughs> Silicon Valley. It's like, okay, have you ever met a fucking guy that works at a tech firm in Silicon Valley? They're total pussies. The biggest beta male population in the entire world. And they repeat ad nauseum these very same talking points. Like, right. what you're throwing them under the bus, by the way. <laughs> they, they are not the dudes you're talking about. Like, no. I know misogynism exists, misogyny and whatnot. It's not the guys in fucking Silicon Valley. No, this okay. is not. This is not Mark Gastineau in the uh, locker room, uh, like trying to trying to grab the tits of the female reporter. Right. <laughs> so you're just applying this thing to to. It's it's like sabotaging these. But it's but it's counter. This. It's counter. I feel like it's counterproductive. Like the whole idea to me of feminism was that women should have the right to be what they want to be. Like they shouldn't be denied. Op- they shouldn't be denied opportunities. But now you've gone from like. Opening doors and, and opening all opportunities to women to say like women have to have the same things as men, not just opportunities, but the same 
outcome as men. Like women have to be professional sport. There they has have to be, to be a robust like men. They have to, there has to be a robust professional women's sports league that pays them millions of dollars. Right. Otherwise, it's not fair. Well, that's the equality of outcome, but it's. I don't know. Like, I'm sure. Michael, why would you tell like a girl? Why would you tell a female athlete in high school, like playing basketball, that your future is in the NW? You're going to make a lot of money playing pro sports when that's not really an that's not really really an option. Yeah, I don't know, and and it, like, and I see the uh, you know this this thing of female empowerment. It's like, uh, well, you know, like I think men, I think humanities. I, I do not believe in in humanity i think people are fucked up and you could just look at a million examples of what's going on around Remember the world. my great porn example about that brought me back to how humane we all are well i know that's the only good thing we have going <laughs> yes. as a as a, as a, it may a be. species it may be but like so you say like well women weren't allowed in the military and uh now it's like uh you get some chick you know who's doing deltoids non-stop and she's like uh well yeah i can kill a bunch of people too and i'm kind of like uh yeah, I don't know if that's progress because I, I don't really like the men that are doing that. No. So I'm supposed to be proud of you, like because you're acting like a dyke. I don't get it. I, I'll never get it. Um, I feel like women have had have had power. The way women assume power and have held power throughout the years and, and attain their full potential is not by being like men. No, it's not by imitating men or trying to act like men or trying to assume the the, the archetypal characters of men. It's the whole virtue is that they're not like men. Right, that's what gives them the power. So when you when you're convincing them to be like when you're pushing girls who could be really awesome at a whole bunch of things and saying now here's what you really need to do to for empowerment you have to become a computer engineer and code even though you don't like, like that like a soulless tech drone capitalist yes. douchebag. Yes. Yes. Yeah, maybe well, not. Like, why would you, other than the potential for economic upside to that, they all seem fucking miserable. Why would you want to push people to be into, into doing something? Like, the whole, the whole idea of, like, the whole gender identity, stuff like that is, like, be who you want to be. There's no one choice. But by the way, you have to choose a path that's equal to men. Otherwise, you're, you're a traitor. I, I just, I, someday people are going to look back on this long after we're gone and just go, like, what the fuck were, pe- what the fuck <laughs> were they thinking? Like, you destroyed, like, a whole generation of girls right. and made them miserable because you told them that what they liked is not good, that what they don't like is what they have to do, and that they've now obtained equality with men and realized that most men are really miserable fucking bastards. Like, yeah, congratulations. Yes, yes. You became a shitty man. Yeah, you became a shitty man who's hopeless and depressed. And by the way, the suicide rate around middle aged men is like going up like 80% a year because they're so happy with they're so happy with themselves. Good, you know, good good luck with that. So you try I mean that's, that's one of the life's oddities. You trade one thing for another, you think you're succeeded and you've lost another thing. And this this shit, like WNBA players as good as male players or Girls should be in STEM. Now we're gonna do we're gonna do fucking finger painting to teach young girls how to be interested in math. Like anyone would look at that and see a sign. Uh, I was reading about the Avenatti story, and they're like talking about how people overlooked his obvious flaws. That was so obvious <laughs> that he was such a fucking fucking devious porn, you know, fucking sinister robbing attorney yeah. that they just wanted to pretend that he wasn't that. Like it just. People overlook like obvious facts, and then they end up looking fucking idiotic, and they fucking just hurt themselves. Yeah, what is wrong? Like, especially because he he looked the part. Like, he looked like such a sleazy, like a uh, vein popping out of his forehead, just shady, just this weird energy. So it's like, oh, you're telling me that the guy that represented Stormy Daniels, who herself is essentially extorting a guy who extorts other people, sure, um, 
So there's no real winners a sex war, a sex in this situation. Right. Um, so you're telling me that the guy that was exploiting her to get all these TV appearances, that he stole money from her? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also he stole money from tons of clients, and you could have just Googled it. It was like all the all the all the citations and cases were out there against him well before he became famous. But what's wrong with people's judgment? Because I saw at least a few people, most of them were women, that posted like on Facebook or Twitter, like Michael Avenatti should run for president. Crazy, just crazy. I mean, like literally, like, what like, is wrong with your judgment? Just like, literally are, crazy. Is that why like shitty guys like fuck a bunch of chicks? I think so. <laughs> I, I think Do I, they I'm have back, no judgment. Like I'm going back to my abortion van for you in Alabama. I just think it's, people are people are so. Clean. We made fun of like religion earlier, but people like without religion, like as idiotic as most organized religions are, all of them. If you feel that way. If they in the in absence of that, they will just find other idiotic things to cling to. Yeah. Like if they don't have like their scripture, their their mythology of their scripture, they will just invent a new mythology to follow that is equally as idiotic. Yeah. Everyone's got to follow a leader, I guess. I mean, like or a th- a th- an idea that makes you feel comfortable, like you're secure in this idea, even though it's you, you and you refuse to challenge it because it makes you uncomfortable to challenge it. Right. Well, like cult, like cult leaders, they're always kind of tools, like. I, I could just for the thought exercise, like if Dwayne the Rock Johnson was like, Hey man, I want you to move to this island with me and we'll just like catch fish and fuck, I'd be like, No, because you're trying to start a cult. But it would sound somewhat appealing. Yeah, I might I might go. But what's the fucking for a little while? What's the sketchy like uh, pseudo hippie guys, how are they getting fifty people to go into the jungle with them? What, I, what, what is wrong with people? People are. I mean, I'm sure there's like a million power books on this, sales power books on how most people are sheep. They are just sheep looking for a shepherd. Yeah, and they will reach out for whatever makes them feel comfortable. It was for most uh, throughout history, it was some sort of organized religion or philosophy they followed that they refuse to question because question it means that you you know you've been you've been an idiot like say like you're see the stuff like Scientology like Leah Remini and all that stuff how like people that stayed in it for a long time stayed in it because they were embarrassed <laughs> to admit that how stupid it was or, like right. if they if they like spoke against Scientology and what a farce it was they'd have to admit they spent 20 years and like a million dollars being a total idiot like deceived idiot yeah. and so they literally stayed in the they stayed in the cult because they didn't want to face the humiliation to themselves of how stupid they were for being in it for so long see it's hard for someone like me that is skeptical of everything and thinks everything is bullshit and really like to commit to anything i yes. gotta really fucking think about it yes. um so it's hard for me to put myself in that position i would like to think i would just um put my ego aside and just be like um well it turns out this is bullshit and I'm going to move on. Especially um, when it's people that follow other people, like people that put so much faith in other people. That makes me really nervous. Yeah. Like any politician or leader or even a football player or anyone, they like really idolize like somebody. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, we're all fucking deeply flawed. And guess what? So is the person you're following. Yeah. So, you know, don't be surprised when they end up like being arrested for this or being fucking Avenatti or being somebody else. I don't know why you're thinking you put faith in this person. Uh, a little faith is fine. A lot of faith is really bad. <laughs> really, well, I think bad stupid idea. people are just into commitment. Like Drake, for example, he yes. like watched a couple Warriors games <laughs> yes. and got two permanent ink marks on his skin because <laughs> they were good at the time. You know, uh, ten years from now they could be winning ten games in the season. Like, I mean, Pearl Jam was always my favorite band growing up. But now, when someone asks me, and, and still I love Pearl Jam, but if someone asks me like, "Well, what's your favorite band?" I'm like, 
I gotta analyze Pearl Jam for another couple <laughs> of years. Before you don't want to get I... the Eddie Vedder tattoos uh, inked away off your body, no. lasered away off your body. I, I need to like look at the lyrics again. You know, break. I don't know. I'm just not. But I think that's a good thing. But it seems like you get credit for committing real hard to something and then reforming yourself. Whereas you don't get credit for just being level-headed your whole life. Well, people that have blind faith seem to be happier when things are going well. Like the people that are, have idiotically attach themselves to some belief system or some person, they feel very secure in that. They, they actually smile and they feel confident in themselves yeah. because they've given that over to somebody else. I mean, the cult members are always very happy. I mean, until they realize what's going on. Right. They're always the happiest people you ever met are people that are in cults. I mean, are people that are either part of some, some enterprise larger than themselves they've given themselves over to. Like that loss of self-control and that put your faith in somebody else seems to make a lot of people really happy. I think you and I are very different that we don't believe in that. Well, until it, but it's a content, it's a, it's a content, it's a security, a content, uh, security blanket for a lot of people. Well, and I get that, but let's call it what it is. Like I just, I'm sick of the story of like uh, this guy was a gangbanger. You know, <laughs> he used to rape a bunch of chicks and kill other gang members. Yes. Now he believes in Jesus, <laughs> and I'm like. Fuck that guy, man. Like, how come I don't get a segment for being like, hey, this guy grew up, he never killed or raped anyone. Right. He was just fucking chilling the whole time. Still doesn't believe in Jesus. Like, who's got a better track record? It's literally... Where's my fucking news segment? You remind me of a commercial I ran. I don't know if it ran outside of LA, but there was a commercial about how, like, low-income or, like, impoverished, like, Hispanic kids or kids from the hood in LA were now going out to college and becoming, like, doctors and stuff. And there was actually literally a commercial where a guy said, like, I used to be in a gang, and I used to cut people. Now I might cut you open for surgery. <laughs> that was like, fuck that. That was literally a commercial where you're <laughs> supposed to be inspired by. I'm like, no, I don't want the former gang. If you used to stab people to kill them, I don't want. You, I don't care how good a doctor you are. I don't want you to be my doctor. That's what's the bar? I thought there were basic like security <laughs> background checks. Like, I get that you maybe you did some shit when you were a kid, but if you actually stab people to death. I don't want you cutting me over with a scalpel to take my fucking kidney out. No. That's my that's why I draw the line. I'd I rather, don't want you in the building for No, me. I'd rather have the fucking rich asshole who grew up in a nice area who didn't <laughs> kill anybody who's now a surgeon, you know. Who knows if you might revert back to your like you've killed people. Yeah. Like I don't want a doctor who's killed people before. I don't care how much a conversion you had at like nineteen. Oh. That that's not, you know, it, it's ridiculous. Like and there was like it's supposed to be inspiring, like, oh, you used to be in a gang and like, well, like you look at the crip stuff now or you, know, you look at Snoop Dogg, for instance. I mean, he's like fucking winning presidential medals of honor and stuff, which is, you know, I guess you can admire people who have some sort of turnaround and do good in their later life. You can. But once you sort of kill people as a teenager or younger, I'm like, well, I'm not going to give you a fucking ribbon. <laughs> you get, you get no, I'll, I'll say this new thing you've done is good, but I'm not going to give you a, a lifetime achievement award. It's out. Once you've murdered, you're out. You're, out, you're, you're gone. Yeah, once you murder, I, I think, yeah, I guess the whole... Yeah, I don't know if that's why Christianity is maybe like kind of a bad idea because I don't believe in forgiving people that much. I do no. believe in forgiving people in general, but really not. Like if you murdered my whole family, <laughs> I wouldn't forgive you. I'd no, be like, like the people that go to like the people that forgive the people that killed their family members. Yeah, I hate, I, the, I hate those fucking. I'd people. be like, I hope you burn in hell. And yeah. but like they don't invite you to court for that shit, you know. I have the only thing I could tell. The only thing I could figure is that those people when they say that to like the murderers, it makes the murderers feel so guilty. Where they off them, they off them, they off themselves. Like I killed this person's family, and this person just forgave me. I fucking gotta kill myself now. I met that's our show for today. You got something you wish to pimp and promote? 
Uh, what are you selling? What are you doing this summer? What are you selling? I nothing really. If anyone knows a plumber in the LA area, if you could. Oh yeah, I got you think about the plumber. So I don't. Me up on Twitter. I have had bad experience with every plumber I've ever hired. I don't know who has. If you're, have you gone to next door yet? I've encouraged you to go to next door to see the lunacy. Oh, well, I had a couple. Oh, I, the I app, did. The I did go on next yeah, door. Yeah. yeah, I trolled a couple. Yeah, people. you got to use a fake name, by the way. I <laughs> highly recommend using a fake name. But as I, everyone's always recommending plumbers or repairmen or restaurants, something like that. And what you realize is like, okay, so some guy named Joe just recommended somebody. That doesn't help me at all. So no. I still go to Yelp because they have like 500 reviews. And if they have like 450 positive reviews, I still think that's somewhat powerful because even, even they can't fake that many. Right. So I still use that. But at the end of the day, what I've learned from plumbers or fix-it guys at home is it's all the same guy. They work for different companies. It's all the same Russian guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they just work for di- they just contract with different outlets because all they are is phone banks now, these places. And so you're getting the guy from, from, from Slav, the Slavic guy who knows how to fix fucking every machine. So it doesn't matter which place you actually call. You're getting the same person. Yeah, it it's hit me, or miss. It's hit or miss. It makes me miss, uh, you know, white places. <laughs> because <laughs> when yeah, I li- the old Irish guy who like was with a plumber in the air for 40 years. Yeah. Who, had, who you saw down at the, at the Kiwanis Club, you know, so you had to do a good job. Yeah, just people, you know, like when I lived in Washington, I briefly worked for this handyman his name was chuck the handyman mm. and his name was chuck bracket which is hilarious because bracket is like a thing you would install as a handyman mm-hmm. and i think it, he might have made up the name honestly probably um that was his stage name but he was like the uh you know the michael jordan of handy he took a lot of pride in being a handyman sure. which i thought was good and pathetic on different levels um but like he had a lot of far fetched story. Like he claimed he could pick up a dime with a forklift. Um, he <laughs> that would be awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah. not great, not great television. He explained how to do it. You kind of yeah. like put it and flip it up. Um, and and he he claimed that he could like hang like sixteen foot drywall by himself. Nice with a jack. And he was pretty jacked. Right. His, his wife was morbidly obese. Their house was filthy. Um, he had like four kids. Bird shit all over the house. Yeah, he could lift a dime with a forklift, but he couldn't lift the fucking bird shit off the ground. Anyway, that guy, I could just call him. He'd come over. Yeah, you know, fix everything. Yeah, yeah. There was a pride. There was definitely a pride, especially local pride. Now everyone's like moving. I mean, we're in L.A. Everyone's transient. Probably if you go to like Kansas, the, the handyman guy's been there for forty years. Yeah, but here it's just they're alcohol services to, to Russian immigrants usually, uh, who actually are usually pretty skilled. But you know, they, they they're fly by night. Their name's not anywhere. Well, not particularly honest as. My concern. Well, they don't. They, they don't care about their reputation in the community because they're moving around constantly. So it's right. like a tr- it's like a fucking grift. It's like carnies almost. So you're saying I'm fucked. You're tell- what I'm saying is I couldn't possibly recommend a plumber <laughs> to you because whoever I tell you to call, it's gonna be the same guy, and it's fifty fifty. It's it's fifty fifty. So right, right. what you need to do is uh, one reason to get married is to find someone who ha- marry someone who has like people in their house in their in their family who are uh, you know f- can fix shit basically. Yeah, so I, that you can I, call on your like your wife's brother to come over and fix it. Well, that's it. why I had a plumber, but he's my girlfriend's friend. That's the thing. That's the thing, man. You should have got back together with me until you get your fucking toilets plunged. All right, this is Lex. Last month, talk to you next week. Eating more than a share, she was. Pl-